0: Welcome to New Polity Podcast, the podcast where I tell you things that are dubious and Jacob corrects me and we end up somewhere closer to the truth than when we started.
1: (laughs) And vice versa. Uh, Are we calling this good money? Burning money? Burning money? Burning good money? Burning good money. Getting
0: good at burning money, podcast number 27. And this time we're talking about...
1: Almsgiving.
0: That's right. Now, if you've been with us up to this point, what have we been doing? We've been trying to show that Christianity, the church, has an answer for the problem of money. And it's simple. It's the virtues. There are virtues, habits of soul, that we need to develop in order to moderate our particular use of money. And if we do this, and we do it as a society— then we will be able to create that situation described in Deuteronomy, namely that there shall be no poor among you, even as we admit that dynamically people will fall in hard times and there will be poverty. So we also agree that, as Christ says, the poor will always be with you. But the distinction is clear. We always have given to us by God the means by which those actual poor can become suckered. Suckered? (laughs) <laughs> succored helped aided assisted and brought up to the full stature two stasher. C's not K yeah capitalism is all about giving sucker to the poor <laughs> we're trying to give sucker to the poor
1: <laughs>
0: okay uh, so almsgiving sounds yeah.
1: like so we're, we're going through a number of virtues yeah. that bespeak the dispositions in our heart that are particularly oriented to the proper use of money in order to aid others and our own soul right. in getting to heaven
0: liberality magnificence uh, we haven't talked about generosity yet beneficence and what what's so, weird about almsgiving is it sounds to me when like, my, like the most churchy one well it's churchy but it also sounds like an act it's like how, like it just sounds like something you just do almsgiving it's weird because it's yeah. like uh if you're if you're gonna ask someone like okay there's a virtue called generosity then you would describe how to be generous but when you say there's a virtue called almsgiving, it's like, well, it's already in the title. You yeah. <laughs> give, give alms. That's what you do. Yeah, yeah. Is that the end of the podcast? Like, <laughs> Yeah.
1: And we'll see you next time. Almsgiving really just speaks a particular disposition that wants the others good for their relief of, of pain, as St. Thomas says. Okay. But it's also as saint augustine points out it's particular it's a manner of giving of disposition towards giving that attempts to make up for your sins oh man so it's, it really has everything to do with the desire for meritorious gain at the, with the ultimate teleology being heaven
0: whoa so do, so, so the is a little bit sad Like it requires as a sort of prerequisite, like, like that you're
1: bad, that you're
0: bad. (laughs) This is, no, this is excellent. Right. Because usually when we think about giving alms, which we never speak of in that terms, we think about giving of our excess profits and it is always a virtue signal in the Mm -hmm. sense of like, Mm -hmm. okay, Jeff Bezos just gave $8 million to Catholic charities. All right. Is he giving alms? I don't know, but let's say he is. Mm -hmm. Well, what do we all think? Jeff Bezos is a good guy, I guess, for doing that.
1: Right? Yeah. Yeah. But do you apparently, know that what he actually makes $8 million every uh, seven hours. Uh, the, the... Sorry.
0: Why do you awful. do this? Like, I, I come in enthusiastic. I really do. I, I sit down and I'm like, let's talk about joyous things. And it's <laughs> freaking Christmas. It. <laughs> it's almost Christmas. I'm not by one of those. The time,
1: by the time that this is released, it will, it be, will be Christmas tied.
0: It's okay. I'm not one of those trads that are like, it's Advent.
1: You're wearing red right now.
0: Look, Advent is all about anticipating Christmas. And, you know, it's like, aren't all things just one in, in the church? Isn't it always Christmas? Like, can't go to the mass unless it's Christmas. When you think about it. And Easter.
1: It's true. It's true. And Good Friday. Yep, I am liturgically inappropriate, Mark. That's what we all call I just, you. I just—it's
0: not—it's just like, look, whatever. Put up a Christmas tree in Advent. Get over yourselves. <laughs>
1: okay, but it's not you what we're do talking you, about. people. You do you.
0: No, don't do you do With, me. within reason.
1: <laughs> Almost said, don't do you do me.
0: That's a little okay. too too, uh, too spicy. Yeah, it is very anyway. spicy. All right, we were talking about almsgiving, and what I was just trying to point out is like, yeah even maybe be- Bezos isn't a good example, but like generally we associate the giving of alms with that's a good person. But what you're mm-hmm. telling me is actually it's the prerequisite. It's a prerequisite that you be a bad person. And in fact, when we see almsgiving, we should say to ourselves, there goes a sinner on his way to God. Yeah. Huh. I mean, that's, that, that, that's like, that's revolutionary. That's a revolutionary term.
1: Yeah. And so it, and maybe even to help understand this a little bit more is that the, that the vice that opposes The virtue of Mm. almsgiving is, you know, nope. (laughs) (laughs) It's envy. Really? Yeah. Envy is the opposing vice. And so who is the envious man par excellence? Well, that's Cain because he sees his brother getting to heaven. Yeah. Abel giving the proper sacrifice to God. That's not just the bloody sacrifice that is giving up life. Um, that is tantamount to his own life um, as as people see symbolically, allegorically in the Old Testament, but also with a heart full of praise. Mm-hmm. and and he is envious of it. Now, now envy is tricky because it's not just it's not just covetousness where you are looking at what others have, but you're looking at the other who has. Does that make sense? So you don't look at, you know this awesome cardigan that you're wearing
0: i'm wearing an awesome cardigan for all of you tuning in
1: audibly it is red and more more what that's not quite red. it has
0: buttons that look like little christmas buns yeah
1: something <laughs> that, <laughs> i can imagine bilbo baggins wearing buttons such as that oh, boy. Um, now now all it's the, more maroon that's if the if word if you call I was me bilbo
0: baggins all like the the like edgy twitter people are going to be like oh they think hobbits are cool <laughs> It's so cool. tough to be cool. I know. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about how up. tough it is to give up. I
1: gave it gave up being cool for advent. You
0: gave up being cool when you were born. <laughs> it's beautiful,
1: really. Um but the envious man yeah. looks at the other person and there is something mimetic that going on that yeah. that person has something and because they have it, that means that it's cool. And because there's a limited number of the cool things, I'm just going to kill that person for it. Yeah. But it really wasn't the thing that they wanted. It was actually being the person yeah. who had
0: it. Okay. So I, let's narrow in on this. So Gerard talks about this right, where he he calls it metaphysical desire, mm-hmm. um, which is just this when you when you. Think that you're longing for other people's stuff when you're living in envy and, and you're thinking like, oh, like I want, I want all this
1: mm-hmm. cool
0: house. I want a car. What you're really longing for is to be the other person that being, because there's this fundamental problem with sinful humanity is that we have this lack within ourselves. We lack God. But we can't feel that lack when we see other people, we look at other people and we don't have this internal sense of them, like lacking God. Like we look at them and they seem complete. They seem whole. They seem like they've got it going on, that they get it. And so, and so what we really want is to, is to, it's, it's a dark desire, right? Is to sort of have that. So to get rid of all our internal psychological state and just be the other to exist as the other. I'm speaking, it sounds like it's really philosophical, but the envy there then the stuff becomes the way in which we try to appropriate it yeah it's like i'm gonna be i'm gonna attain that status by buying that
1: guy's house right exactly but yeah. uh, but
0: i don't get how this i still don't get how this is contrary to almsgiving like like why is it set against almsgiving
1: well but almsgiving is that sharing of life this disposition towards i will give so that not only your earthly state is relieved, uh-huh. alleviated, actually, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Raised, um, up, yeah. raised up, but also that you and I might get the heaven, w- in which once we come to the beatific vision, we have this uh, selflessness, this, this, this thoughtlessness of person, this, um, w- by which we make room in ourselves to be filled up by God and by one another. So wow. what you're talking about here, this becoming one another, isn't just terribly philosophical. It's properly eschatological. Right. It comes to this point where we truly will be filled up with one another. Right. There will one... be spaces within our souls where others will be filled. And and we, in turn, will fill up one another.
0: So it's we are talking about ultimately we are going to become one redeemed body of christ yeah and that's what almsgiving can achieve both for the person it alleviates and brings up and for yourself
1: right well th-
0: this is fascinating right because it, 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 i mean I w- we won't go too far down this rabbit hole but
1: translucent is a way that many of the church fathers would talk about this so there beings would be you would be able to see through us in the light of God which okay. shine through in a particular way. All right, way. give me give me give me so, one
0: shot at describing this in a sentence that maybe people will understand. Yeah,
1: because this this is getting like way more one theological shot, than one we're shot, getting. one shot.
0: Here we go. If in envy you secretly desire to be the other person, right? To have that to, to grab them, to claim them, to take what is theirs mm-hmm. and ultimately take their very being. Their identity, right? yeah. right. In almsgiving, right, that desire is redeemed. Yes. Because you do desire to share in their very being, right, but not at their expense, but mm-hmm. rather because you are both being unified in the one body of Christ. You, through meriting, mm-hmm. right, by mm-hmm. virtue of your gift. Yes. Right, and them... By being by being raised up into the fullness of their dignity yes which which is achieved through the alm. You did it That I mean I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm stunned. I mean like I, I'm apologize to our listeners that I have to I literally had to work this out yeah. and I'm not even saying it's clear yet because my mind's being blown. Gerard on almsgiving would be insane you should write that
1: (laughs) we'll do it we'll do it anyways let's keep moving but I think that the point of almsgiving that we should focus on for the rest of this discussion is on this idea of merit Hmm. because we have this obsession with merit in our current society that is I think a perversion of what merit actually is oh my doorbell just rang Hmm. um maybe somebody looking for alms oh well we'd
0: we'd have to give them it
1: yeah, we would. Um, the but this is the, really we have this obsession with merit that I think becomes really clear in this capitalist mindset of that we keep bringing up: pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Of mm-hmm. you are an autonomous individual in the market that that has the same functions and abilities as most others, and therefore, with what you've got. You got to make it work, yeah. and and it is you against the world. It is you against the uh, the forces of supply and demand, against the ingenuity of other entrepreneurs, and that your success is predicated upon your ingenuity, your hard work, work um, your merit. And so, whatever you earn, you've earned, yeah. <laughs> you've deserved.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's a really well put. That's what that's what they think. <laughs> Whereas I think your success is predicated on someone wiping your butt for three years. But what do I know? Just a big old dumb dad. <laughs>
1: Man, yeah, it gets it gets stinkier and stinkier too. I mean, that's just let's any not of let's you, not scare the people that are considering
0: um, getting that, married. The noble vocation, yeah,
1: yeah. But it's delight. It's delight to an honor to wipe wipe our children's poop. It is, yeah. Yeah, no, really. That's what I mean. We've talked about we talked about this last time, where the um, the idea I don't know what order these things are going to go in. We've talked about that the idea of the proper economy Mm -hmm. is where you begin as a child in your household, Mm -hmm. and that you are uh, undeservedly you're the recipient of gift, undeservedly raised up, Mm -hmm. trained up into adulthood, and then you spend the rest of your life giving gifts back. That's right until
0: you become old and need gifts again yes right uh, it is yeah. it just makes so much sense because human beings are created ex nihilo which means that we are created in every instance as a pure gift from god right and this is really important because a lot of times people look at animals mm-hmm. and they'll be like wow Human, like Nietzsche said this. Like human beings are just weak animals. You look at an animal. Look at a dog. It's born. Week later. It's it's got a job. It's got insurance. I mean, no, no, no. It's, it's it's running around in the yard. But he's saying like like animals seem immediately equipped for life. Like they're just like like. Making it happen immediately. Well, but, he
1: even calls them machines at one point, doesn't he?
0: Well, yeah, sure. But yeah. but yeah. what I'm saying is human beings then look at ourselves with the animal comparison. Like, oh, wow, human beings suck. We take like 20 years to finally learn to stand yeah. up. I mean, well, we'd stand up sooner than that. But actually to be worth talking about.
1: Uh, <laughs> and, Man, it's and that like, guy can really stand.
0: And it's like, actually, no, there's this like, you're, like Nietzsche in his, you know, he f- hit on a profound truth and then completely missed it. Um, yeah. Because... It's precisely, Aquinas talks about this, animals are not created ex nihilo. So Mm. the animal species is the same as creation as a whole. Um, But animals actually reproduce a kind. Mm -hmm. And why? Well, part of it is to be a example or, or rather a foil to how we're created, which is each individual human being is created uniquely by God. Yeah. right and human intercourse is a participation in that gift right yep.
1: yeah.
0: um it's something that god has humbled himself to wait upon our love in order to create new persons yeah but it is not it is not what makes human beings which yeah. is not the case with animals so what am i saying i'm saying that in animal existence you have a foil to understand what it means to have a existence that's gift that's given every time. So it makes sense that the person who is given as a pure gift should be treated as a pure gift, right? Yeah. Namely, yeah. <clears throat> to be the recipient of such great giving. Yeah. Whereas the animals who are not created that's- as that pure gift are not the recipients of that like overabundant temporal like material gift constantly, constantly, constantly. Yeah. No, they they get up and run and they, and they figure out how to eat and they're like mating and having a family by one years old. Yeah. what are we talking about we're talking about almsgiving so here's what i want to ask
1: no but this is beautiful because we're, we're getting to this point of merit yeah. and and yeah. we automatically have to call bluff on this idea that we always deserve what we get based upon the very fact of creation of the way that we're made mm-hmm.
0: um, yeah yeah we are we are gifts we're gifts to each other
1: so what is the proper view of merit then because there is a proper view of merit we well, can't just throw it out you know.
0: Merit, man. I love it. So merit is the idea of earning, right? And there is a place in which we can say that we have earned. But it's you have to be very careful because this is actually a theological claim, not a material one, all right? We earn treasure in heaven. And this is just biblical doctrine. So when the ruler the rich ruler comes to Christ and asks what can I do to be saved Christ says sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you shall have treasure in heaven So what's what Christ is not saying right is that our desire to gain our desire for profit our profit motive has no real Goodness has no reality, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He doesn't say that. And this is, I think, you listen to a lot of like left wing people, and you can get this weird idea that like the profit motive, competition, entrepreneurship, all of these ideas are just pure evil, negative things, big bad things that should be eradicated, right? Because yeah. they just create societies of greed. And it's like, okay, hold up, hold up, hold up. Christ gives us a place to understand what these motivations are actually supposed to be orientated towards, right? Because we were created good. That's what God looked at us. He said, we're very good. So anything we have, even if it's fallen, it can't be pure evil, right? There can't be something human, right? That doesn't have its grounding in God's good creation, right? So our desire for profit has its proper object in the Lord. Our desire for merit, right? To earn has its proper orientation in earning treasure in heaven and you even see this in the Old Testament right when when the Israelites follow, follow false gods God describes them as doing the following as going after things that do not profit yeah. God is saying My, your relationship with me is profitable you will produce and produce an abundance right and and so I want to point out first of all what this difference what what putting our desire for merit, in heaven does okay and the first thing that it does is it couches it within gift and this is a theological point because protestants have just ruined this for everybody um where they say that the idea of merit is just straight up bad
1: mm-hmm. and
0: actually i think this is why protestantism and capitalism are united yeah and we'll, we'll talk about this sec but the, why yeah. do they say it's bad well they say basically i mean it kind of comes from them flipping out about indulgences um <laughs> but they basically say you can't buy heaven right? So no matter what works you do, Mm -hmm. right, you cannot possibly earn as a kind of one-to-one transaction, heaven,
1: blessedness, Mm -hmm. Christ
0: himself. Mm -hmm. You have to, and and so they're... they're...
1: People tried from the beginning, but Christ's life is bookended by money. It's just a fun aside. Like he's born under the poll tax. Yeah, So he's hidden when Mary and Joseph go to give give their their taxes in Bethlehem. And then he's ultimately purchased for... Thirty pieces of silver. That's right, and wow. and you miss who he is as a result of counting him. Right, and so this is a this is a true point: is that you is. cannot you cannot buy Jesus Christ. You can't purchase him. You cannot put a number on his him. He, he has to be named. Yeah, he has right. to be known right. through that's his right. name, Emmanuel, Jesus.
0: And it's true that we don't merit um, our salvation through works. Catholic Church has all, always taught this, but. The difference comes in this, that what we teach, what the Catholic church teaches is that Christ has, as a gift of grace, made our works meritable or or rather our works can merit because Christ has allowed them to merit. Mm -hmm. Now this is crucial because it's like, it's almost like this. Like if you have a child, right. And your child wants, you know, your praise and your love and your and your gifts, okay? Now, if you were to say the child can get those gifts if he does X, Y, and Z, you'd be describing a kind of perverse relationship, right? Like the super abundant gift is bought by the fact that the child has done a crayon drawing. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous, right? But when you look at good parents, they, in their love, mm. allow because we want to merit our parents' love, like mm-hmm. we want to do mm-hmm. things for mm-hmm. them to receive the gifts. Parents in their love allow the crayon draw- drawing to merit, right? What in itself, it obviously does not merit, namely yeah. their love and their praise mm-hmm. and, and, you know, things, all sorts of things, snacks even, uh, yeah. <laughs> right? So then they put it up on the fridge, right? They're creating an economy of grace, which is another way of saying an economy of gift, mm-hmm. namely that their household is ordered by the parent giving a primary gift in which they say your work shall be meritorious of my love, right? E- and, and, and declaring that and allowing that is itself a gift. Mm-hmm. Now, but once it is a gift, this is the important part. So, so, so Protestants are right if they're just talking about works in themselves. Yeah, right. we're dust. We can't do anything. God yep. is infinitely other. Forget it. Yep. we screwed. But the whole point of the incarnation is that he gave us a way for for our works to merit again by grace. I mean, this is awesome. This is what gets me up in the morning. It's, it's like, because Jesus Christ died, my giving alms actually does something. Yeah. And it's not because they're intrinsically like worthy in themselves. Although, you know, they're good. They're good. It's, mm-hmm. they're good. Um, but the idea that they merit salvation is because of Christ. Yep. And, and so, okay gonna get off my theological pedestal in just a sec
1: (laughs) well but i'll just toss this in is that if Christ's works really are the fullness of merit Mm -hmm. where we are we are saved by his by his work Mm -hmm. by his salvific work then if he is in us and working through us then why would that not be merit it's still his work it's right. still and we we only this is the idea of, the, of grace is that, that sharing in his life and yeah. participation mm-hmm. in his life it's well once we're united to god then there's something about our actions that are efficacious mm-hmm. and we call that merit mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah oh that's that's a that's a even shorter better succincter sweeter way of saying it thank you jacob well
1: you did it for me earlier christ I, working I, in us I, yeah. I, I had to get you back because this is a one-to-one economy <sighs> Well, we trans- <laughs> if we're
0: transacting here, bro. Um, okay, so now let's talk about how this relates to capitalism, because it's just a general—I don't know—truth of human nature, maybe that um, when you suppress something real, it doesn't go away; it just comes up in other places, right? So you can you can say, okay, we're a secular people; we don't believe in God anymore. But you're going to start worshiping like money and politicians. You know, you're going to start having liturgies. Your liturgies will just be lame and like rotating around
1: pornography and Netflix. Um, quick, quick, yeah. just to make sure that point settled in. We were created in the garden, the it and to worship God. At the end of the day, Revelation tells us it's going to be a new city. We're going to be praising God forever. We were built to worship. Yeah. So that is the most fundamental part of our being yep. is to worship. And therefore... If you're not worshiping God, you're worshiping something because we were created to worship.
0: Worship. I'm sorry. You want me to join in on that last Yeah, I word. did. That was So, so with merit, it's a similar situation. Yeah. Like if it is the case that we were born into an economy of grace by which our works merit, right, then the rejection of that principle, right, doesn't just dissolve it. It doesn't just go away, right? It just finds its own place. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is a really basic way of describing a, the kind of uh, Weber's capitalism and Protestantism thesis, right? which is, well, actually I think it's better than his, but, (laughs) um, you have this concept of merit now applied to worldly things. So Christ says, build up treasure in heaven, right? Do things so as to merit grace. I mean, it's very clear actually. That's one of the clear parts of the (laughs) gospel, um, is that he wants us to merit. Now, when you get rid of that, so as, as a good Protestant, you say, no, my works can never merit, um, then that drive to acquire, right, that drive to amass treasure, that, des- that the desire to profit and profit abundantly, I want as much merit as I can get, okay, which is what you see in the medieval church. You're going on pilgrimages, you're kissing relics, you're doing fast, you're doing feasts, you're doing prayers, you're doing sacrifices, the bells are ringing, and you're all moving towards holiness. And the idea that this is not competitive is silly. Uh, Paul says this multiple times, that we need to compete with each other in holiness, right? So there's like an entrepreneurship in, like that's where it really is. What, yeah. we, what we call entrepreneurship is just a perverse version of, of the kind of joy by which you and I strive for greater holiness because we know that that, that's a kind of competition that doesn't come at the expense of the other, right? Because because it's all unmerited. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Well, it is. It's all gift, right? That we can even merit at all and that it's all aimed at the same place. Like we want to get together. Like I don't want to exclude you by getting grace because... Grace is actually an infinitely then available. It wouldn't be alms. It'd
1: be envy. Well,
0: exactly. Okay. Yeah, wow. Yeah. We're off. We're off the mark, but it's good though. Right. That we're off the mark. We're doing this wide arc. Yeah, back here in. it is. Right. Yeah. It's, okay.
1: uh, it's far away. It's 45 degree angle. <laughs> so it goes up, comes down, hits the target.
0: All right. So we're in the upper stratosphere here, but we're going to, I promise it'll be a huge landing, big splash. Okay. Um, so where that, where th- that desire to merit with God which was just instilled in medieval Christendom, which was cultivated, which formed like the basis of the way people walked and talked and the things they did on the weekends. Um, it doesn't just dissolve and go away once you're like, Oh, actually we don't merit. Um, no, it becomes applied to this material world. Mm-hmm. And you see this very obviously in the rise of capitalism, that what we now merit in is money. Yeah. What we now strive for is money mm-hmm. what we now put that kind of in and it? And it's it works because money, like God, has a certain infinity to it, right? Like, Absolutely. as a number, it means that you can always think of a greater number. Sure, now this would be totally reductive to talk about God in this way, and that's what idolatry is. It's always a reduction of who God really is. Like, when we say the infinity of God, we shouldn't think of you can always put another hat on God's head, yeah. Um, but you can, but that's not the point. <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry, just muddying the waters here. Um, <laughs> So that drive to amass, right becomes capitalism. It merit becomes a matter of how much you own. Um, holiness, right, which is that amassing a treasure store, really does become in American society, you can sort of track this um, associated with being wealthy here on earth, yeah right so, So you really at some point know that you're one of the blessed because you have um, amassed material things, right? You have, you know, you can talk about as a blessing, sure, but in the end, you're talking about your work procuring these things, which is why there is this great emphasis on work within Protestantism is because you are now meriting, but within this material world. Yeah. Your, your toil is what merits, whereas within the Catholic view, the toil is the curse that we're all trying to get over. Yeah, um, exactly. Okay, so you can see, and, and there's a lot more that could be said about this, but basically you can see how in the destruction of the idea of merit and the economy of grace, you get a kind of pseudo-economy and a pseudo-merit that happens all within the material realm and which happens through the false god of money.
1: Yeah, I think, I think maybe this, to summarize it again is that if you are if you don't know what your work is for, in other words, like we, we are designed to work in order to merit, to help others and ourselves get to heaven through the grace that Christ has, that Christ has provided for us. Then if you don't know that, then you're still going to be working, but you don't know what you're working for. And because you're designed to worship, you are going to be worshiping something in your, and through your work. Yeah, yeah. And because we see that inevitably it is true that, there is a scale of uh of reward yeah that just is natural in this life you can't get around it it's fundamental to to the order of creation you're going to start putting that off on on actually work itself and the in the fruits of those of those labors that then are are a directional and so they direct at yourself because that's always what we do when we separate ourselves from god so we stop focusing on him and bringing others with us to him and the curve starts to come in curvato say as saint augustine famously said curves in on yourself you mm-hmm. focus in and on yourself and and really that is inevitable once you come to this uh, capitalist system
0: so if anyone asks what the hot take is it is that money is the replacement of the catholic view on
1: merit yeah it, it makes makes perfect sense. It's pure potential. It's power itself. Mm-hmm. It's partly why people don't want to spend it. Is because then they've replaced their their potential, their power, power uh, to <laughs> to uh, to have something real, which is of course better. Um, but it's it. There's some something that's played around with our mind, whereas with genuine. Merit, you can't spend it, it's waiting for you in heaven.
0: That's right. Okay, so now we are leaving the oxygen deprived crystalline regions and are plummeting back to warm old earth.
1: Give us three things.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, we can't do the three. No, no challenge mode. What, what we need to do is talk about almsgiving. Okay, yeah. so, so given this context, right, almsgiving is the most simple and understandable way by which we merit, namely. Like, like it's, it's like the redemption of all of this transactionary modes of thinking mm-hmm. because it's very simple. Give a guy $5 and however that translates, by grace, you have $5 waiting for you in heaven. Mm-hmm. It seems absolutely childish. Guess what? That was my whole point with the long rant. We are children. God has given us a very childish economy <laughs> because he freaking loves us. So... He has made it by grace true that when you give $5, you have $5 waiting for you in heaven. Only I presume it will be gold because how lame would it be if it was paper money?
1: Well, but it might not be gold because we're using that to pave the, the That's roads. That's right. We need that for the roads. Yeah.
0: So talk, but talk to me about that, Jacob, because I think you have read some of the patristics on this, right? That they don't shy away from the fact that, christ is instituting a kind of account of banking of like yeah. give a little here and you'll get it there this give and take transactionary mode is like what was making the patristics tick yeah so i'm tired of this idea that it's some kind of like oh you're just trying to buy your way into heaven it's like well i guess i'm in good company you know so, so <laughs> g- give me give me some of that
1: well i'm not going to because i'm going to save that for our are you, podcast are you on of of no, i'm doing it on inheritance uh I'm going to do it. I'm going right. to do it. But what I will give you instead is this uh, understanding of the, of the, I mean, just, gosh, man, you could have flip open to any, any one of these fathers, but I really love St. Basil on this, where he, he says that um, you are keeping yourself from heaven with whatever you keep in your pocket. Um, If you are holding something, uh, if you have potential, potential in your pocket, if you you have money, then you're actually not using it to buy yourself a place Mm -hmm. at the heavenly banquet. And the way that you do that is not something that's purely transactional. It's not, it's not legalistic. If it is, then you're screwed. If you're just swapping out and saying, yep, getting, you know. Here's put this on my credit. You know, I really want like an extra bottle of wine when I sit down this evening. You know, this evening being once you die, and you know your wine is in heaven. This is a terrible analogy, but um, it has to be a true virtue in mm-hmm. your soul. Mm-hmm. And of course, giving can start to habituate yourself there, and then once you are habituated to doing it, the the real conversion of your spirit, being um, the 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 felt sense of thanksgiving in that action so are you catches s- are up. you
0: saying that not all giving is necessarily almsgiving
1: yeah definitely okay so
0: yeah. so it sounds like what you're saying is that that to give is not necessarily to give penitentially penitentially in the sense of like to cover your sins yeah is that right
1: that's right yeah, yeah. so there's um i mean leo the great and the Dei Kivitas says that anything that you have is not for you to determine. Um, now, in, in specifically speaking about profit and money here, uh, you really don't get a say over, over that. Now, this comes to a point of saying, well, then is, if it, is it just this legalistic rubric that I have to follow? And, and no, you have to be giving in the spirit of Christ for christ and for your for your neighbor um but in a very real kind of in a material sense that is the action that does save you a seat at heaven in at the heavenly banquet Mm -hmm. what's another way of of putting this it's not that you got to feel it it has to be emotion towards it that's certainly not the case um if you did man you'd just kind of be at this ecstatic high the rest of your life and if you're not feeling it then it's not worthy you can worthily do it even when at at a a place where you are at the dark night of the souls you know everybody should read saint john of the cross by the way um and it's at that point saint john says this in, in that book that um once you're emotionally sapped as it were you are able to freely rationally consciously say well, I'm just going to choose God. You know, I am. I am free from all of these desires, for for what was leading me to hell, and even these emotions that I thought were holy. And I, it is just a, a pure decision, doing this only for God. And that really is the spirit of almsgiving. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's not for an end of well, at least I'll get to heaven. Mm-hmm. It's wh- who are you trying to get with in heaven? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and that again brings us back to this. Being filled, making space in your heart where you'll be filled up by God and by neighbor. Yeah, right, right, right.
0: It seems to me that the lack of almsgiving or the lack of this theology mm-hmm. makes it really, really hard to get the rich to do the right thing. So let me let me speak yeah. from the other angle. Like like when looking at the Middle Ages, reading like the Passion play or the or the mystery cycles, or um, just some of the different um, excerpts from Andrew Jones before Church and State. Um, what I love is that the poor through the theology of almsgiving
1: mm-hmm.
0: have great power over the wealthy, great power. yeah. And it is a power dedicated as all Christian power should be to their salvation. Right. And what I mean by this is pretty simple, right? You, you want to get somebody who's really rich to give some money because that's what they should do. You want them to do it for their souls and you want them to do it for the good of their neighbor. Okay. So what do you tell them? You say, Hey, you know what? It would look really good if you did this. Or maybe, (laughs) maybe you really milk the appeal. Like, dude, they are starving. Please, please just give them food, alleviate it. And they're like, why is it my responsibility? The market has determined that they shouldn't have food. You'd be like, okay, okay, sure. But like, Man, (laughs) or, or you have some kind of like weird, what's that thing they call effective altruism, which is like just the biggest joke that I've ever heard of. Anyways, it's it's a kind of philosophy where it's like, you say, okay, it's like the most rational thing to do to create the best possible world here Mm -hmm. is to give to the nonprofits that we've researched really well. And then are definitely, (laughs) definitely doing the most good for the greatest number. Um, And so just put your money, please, please, please please put your money. Okay. All right. So you, you, you know, you can do this all day. You can really milk them and and sort of go to big fundraising dinners and beg them and just crawl on your knees. Or if you had a freaking theology of merit, you could show up at your door and say, give or you're going to hell. (laughs) And do you know how much more effective that is in a society where people actually believe that to be the case? I
1: know. Well, but even think about this again. I mean, I love this point of how the of the weak have a certain power mm-hmm. over, over the strong. It, it's the same thing with your kid. I mean, Andrew brings this point up a yeah. lot, and I love it. It's just that, you know, who's really in charge? Like... You know, my, my wife or, or my son you know like <laughs> it's like clearly my my son has more power over over my wife in a certain respect so because what well, yeah because she loves him and whenever he cries she gets up doesn't matter what time of night or whatever you know i don't love him that much so i don't get up no, just... <laughs> no but it's really for any parent understands this is that you feel like your entire life is lived for those below you mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and
0: um, Which is in itself a sort of natural imitation of God, right? Who who, yeah. who is father. I mean, that that's the revelation of Jesus Christ is that God is our father. And what does that mean? It means that we have a real claim over him because he loves us. Yeah. Not a claim of power because somehow we're stronger than God.
1: And that's the same thing with the poor in the Middle Ages yes. that you're pointing out mm-hmm. is that they, as within the same family, the body of Christ, the church, they have a claim of love. Yeah over the rich and if they don't well just remind them about the eschaton
0: right but but hell <laughs> is loving in the sense of like to yeah. say to the rich like give or you'll go to hell is powerful and it doesn't exit that sure i mean we, we we think it exits the kind of economy of love because hell is hot and so it's bad but what it's saying what the poor are saying is like you and i are family yeah right and and you will have to like you if you abandon your brother yeah right right. Then you will face the judgment of God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that's the clearest thing that the gospels have given us is that when Jesus finally gets around to saying like, here's, who's going to hell, here's, who's going to heaven. Right. It's not complicated. It's the people that don't help their brothers out who go to hell.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because in them, that's Christ in the needy.
1: Yeah. You know, and this is, you know, I'll just kind of mention this And, and people say, well, that's really hard, you know, and doesn't that have to be a little bit personal and, and I think it, it, it does, actually. And one thing that I love about living in a small town is that you get to know a greater range of people than you would in a city. Sure. So, you know, when living in Oxford or D.C. or something like that, you really only get to know the people around your same strata. Sure. It's a weird phenomenon of cities. But in Steubenville, you get to know a lot of different people. So just because people know that we have a few extra bucks in our pocket, we'll get calls and knocks on our door and stuff like that. Frequently, and it's like, well, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm yeah. actually called to account,
0: yeah, totally. Yeah. I don't, like, I don't want to go to hell, I really want yeah. to go to heaven. And yeah. and yeah, of course, you want the positive spin, you want to say that, well, the peasants are just talking about you going to heaven, but you know, it's always been the case that, um, to get real moral reform, yeah. right, you need the, the fear of hell, the dread yep. of loss of God, which is what hell is. And then the real desire for gain, in the mm-hmm. sense of to gain heaven, these yeah. are just parts of the same coin. Yeah. And I I think that one of our problems that we have in our society is this inability to inspire, right? Those who can make a difference to really do it.
1: Yeah, it's true. Because they that's are so they true. are
0: locked in an idolatrous system of merit. Right. Yeah. They are locked in a system in which they are gaining treasure and they are building up those storehouses, and it's all earthly yeah and their God if they've got one is themselves in the end um, and money is has replaced grace and um it's it's they need help yeah right and the idea that the preaching of our priest should limit itself to sort of like rational altruistic appeals to their humanity it's like look we live in the age of the greatest amassment of wealth that the human race has ever seen obviously something's not working right try telling these yeah. people they're going to hell just see what like this is my challenge right two priests because we might as well <laughs> try giving a homily where you say either give your money yeah away we- or you will go to hell and i bet you you well you'll anger everyone but more money will be given to to alleviate the misery of the poor yeah than if you keep on with this sort of do-getting stuff
1: yeah to you know as a formerly wealthy person <laughs> uh i needed to hear that yeah. you know and i think that it was it was only when i disguised myself as being a poor person and then was around poor people saying that wealthy people were going to hell in a very convincing way that that changed my life you did that <laughs> Yeah, it was thrown to you, Mark. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, all, poor, all rich people hide themselves these no, days. No, I know, I you know. know.
0: we talked about that, right?
1: Yeah, we talked about that.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, I think. Well, I think that's great. Now, do we yeah. want to do we want to provide some practical? I mean, I guess that was a pretty. That big was practical pretty practical. Point, no, I think priests, this one. Is, you know, this but... one
1: is on you, priests. You know, we need you. Yeah. Because um, because we're, we're not yeah.
0: preaching like like we need the theology here yeah like what we don't need in this instance of this virtue is like you know with liberality you can tell people like don't you want to be noble Mm -hmm. right like don't you want to be free of the worry of money and separate yourself you can have all of these you can sort of speak like a liberal like here's all these sort of goods that you could get from it yeah but with alms giving man like Mm -hmm. if they're not convicted that christ has undone the power of this world and orientated all power to the weak and put judgment mm-hmm. upon mm-hmm. all men if they don't do the same mm-hmm. along with him in him and his spirit yeah then they're not going to get it from anyone else right so please for the sake of the church and for the sake of the world preach on almsgiving yeah yeah
1: yeah for the sake of the rich preach on almsgiving
0: thanks thanks guys see you next time